Good evening and welcome to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. We are off location tonight and we are house sitting at a friend's house. Uh, we're not going to tell you which one because that would be a possible theft no. break in. But uh, all things considered, a uh, couple of late night hangouts has turned into another podcast episode for us. Uh, my voice right now is the resident fire. My name is Evan Smoke. I am a upcoming sophomore at the University of Georgia. Across from me tonight is the local ice, Bryson Wheeler. He will be an upcoming sophomore at Georgia Southern. Bryson, how are we doing this evening? Doing great, Ray. Talk some sports. Burn a little bit of that midnight oil as it's 11.34 here on the East Coast. and uh, we're I not ju- realize it's that late. We're going to jump right back into our trivia competition. Right now I am up with two points to Bryson's one. We have our resident trivia guru here tonight, Jackson Dixon. He's across from me as well. He is uh, looking up and about to deliver our first trivia question tonight. This is a uh, semi, semi-easy question, but I don't know. You might get it, you might not. Here we go. Vince Lombardi ended his coaching career with what NFL team? Well, I know he was famous for. I don't know if he ended. So with he it. couldn't have ended with them. That's, That's too a, easy. Oh, it could be. A, could be. A, could be a mind trick. Heck, I'll buzz. Buzz. Okay. Packers. Good. No. Really, really, really out there. Probably gonna miss it. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, no. All right. What is Washington Redskins? Oh, you mean I had the no Washington clue. football team? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as it the Redskins. It was Redskins at the time. Well, that's offensive. We don't use that type of language on this podcast. Just like the Cleveland Guardians. Dude, that is a fine name. I, I don't care it. what you say. No, that it. name is really cool. Do you not know the significance behind it? Mm-hmm. There's a bridge overlooking Progressive Field, and the bridge has two tall statues of warriors called the Guardians. Called the Guardians. That's where the name Dude, comes from. That name is amazing. The logo with the G's and the wings. I was also five wings. when I walked across the bridge, but I did. <laughs> okay, so you'd rather be called the Cleveland Indians rather than be the, the Cleveland, Cleveland baseball team <laughs> <laughs> than the Cleveland Guardians. I'm a, I'm a little. Yes. I'm a little hurt. I think Spider should have won. It was a nod to the old Negro League team. Thought it would have been really cool. I like Guardians. <laughs> Guardians is fine. All right. But, um, what you got next for us? We'll do it. We'll do it throughout the show. Kind of give a little spice. Yeah, good, because I don't have another one yeah. right now. Oh, I thought you said you had two or three. I mean, I found one easily. All right, we'll come up with one more. All right, so um, what are we going to talk about? The Braves? Yeah, we can first. go in with the Braves. Um, drafts, passes, trade deadlines, moves we made. Um, talk a little bit about the recap up in Bravo's land. Okay, well, the Braves are now five games back in the division. I think we need to become sellers. But um, wait, now, now you think we need to become sellers? All right. Yeah, but I mean, like you still, you still had a chance to make a run at the, this division. And you were four and a half when you made the trades. No, I, I think we we're about three. But also, look, if you're not going to fix the bullpen, there's no reason to fix anything. You're that's right. your that's your biggest problem. Now, if they go fix the bullpen, okay, maybe we can compete. But the Braves also traded for Jock Peterson. We gave up Bryce Ball. Now, I love Bryce Ball. I think he's going to be a really good player. But he was outside top 20 prospects for us. So we really did not give up that much to acquire Jock Peterson, who has played really well in Atlanta uniform so far. Yeah, he's been ranking. We also got Steven Vogt, who is a really old catcher. He used to play for the Diamondbacks a long time. and But he's nothing special, just minor trade. He had three hits the first game with us, but... Other than that, he has not done much. I think he's just going to be a fill-in. Darno, actually, I got to update that he could start his rehab assignment next week. So hopefully we'll see him back within the next two or three weeks. 
But if they get if we can get him. So I think the Braves need to become sellers and sell Will Smith if you can get rid of him with that contract. See see what the market is for Dansby because you're probably gonna let him walk after next year. Um, trade Charlie Morton. Somebody out there is really going to want him for a playoff push. See what Drew Smiley's, uh, you know, what they want for him. If you could get the contract of Ender and Ciarte off your books, you might yeah. do that as well. Oh, yeah, get rid of Ender if you can. But <clears throat> you can trade him for cash. <laughs> we'll just get rid of him if somebody we'll wants get, to we'll take him. <laughs> but um, let's talk about the, the Braves' uh, draft choices a little bit. The fir- in the first round with the 24th overall, we picked Ryan Cusick, I think is how you pronounce it. And he played for Wake Forest. This is the second straight year we've took a Wake Forest pitcher in the first round. Will it work out? I don't know. Dude touches 102, but he also had a, I think it was a 4-2-4 ERA last year. So not really good. Struggles with command, but like I said, does have that 102. Can he get his command down and uh? throw strikes and be a closer maybe. So it's something like that. Why do you think we took him? Do you think we took him as a gamble to try to make him a reliever? Or do you think, you know, there's more hidden figures, you know, kind of behind the statistics why he was a first round pick? Or maybe it was a cash grab, you know, try to I think him. I think it was the cash thing because our second pick, the boy from Nebraska who just started pitching, I think that was a really good pick. He's been projected first round he was projected first round in many mock drafts, and I think we held off some money to save some players for later. And they were just like, we might can make this guy our next closer. Let's try to pick him. He throws 102, throws really hard. Why not pick him? And so we got the dude from Nebraska who plays shortstop and pitches. Not sure exactly what we'll do there yet. but um, Why can't we'll he see. do both? Otani's doing it right now. Yep, we'll see. I don't know. But all in all, the Braves have made some – Solid moves lately, but you've got to either become buyers or sellers here. And if you become buyers, buy bullpen. If you're sellers, sell the people I talked about. Morton, Smiley, maybe Dansby, maybe Ender, uh, Smith. Oh, no. No Freddie. And just sign Freddie back. All right. You want to talk about basketball or football next? Yeah, let's go into basketball. Um Kind of the worst kept secret here on the podcast now is I'm a big Hawks fan and it did burn a little bit to see the Bucks come back and beat the Suns. Um, I know we were kind of rooting for the Suns here, you know, on our side of the microphone. Suns and four, baby. But uh, yeah, I just want to start off with a congratulations to Chris Paul and Monty Williams. You know, really phenomenal season, taking a team that was the worst in the worst in the NBA two years ago to the apex of sports. You know, you know, two wins away from a title, but um. This one's got to hurt. This one's going to sting a long time for the Phoenix fans. I know I made a joke um, after after the game fi- game six was finally over. And congratulations to the people who called it. We had a couple friends who never lost the faith and kept saying Bucks and six. So congrats to those people. But um, I want to adopt them as honorary Atlanta sports fans just for the next couple months. Um, that was a very rough ending. Uh, to go up 2-0 in a final series and then lose four straight is a massive choke job. I mean, we've definitely seen worse being Georgia sports, sports fans here. But um, that one definitely is going to haunt Phoenix for a couple years. Um, all things considered, really proud of what Giannis was able to do in Milwaukee. You know, congratulations to former Hawks, Jeff Teague, coach, former coach Mike Bordenholzer. You know, happy to see those guys have a ring on their finger moving forth. But um, I just want your, you know, rapid reaction a little bit. Talk about what you saw in the finals, what it showed, maybe kind of how you feel about going into next year after this wild and long NBA season and playoff run. Jackson. 
What is Giannis? What is Giannis? That's what a loaded question. He is a bad <laughs> man. He's a lot of things, and a bad man is one of them. How do you stop seven foot that's going to drive he's and modern dunk day all Shaq. over you? I will say that easily. Oh, he's not as as dominant in the paint, but he can do more than Shaq though. He Shaq wasn't pulling a three. Now is Giannis a good three shooter? Oh no. But can but, he do it? Yes. Yeah. And what do you go seventeen of nineteen from the free throw line is last, last game, game or something like that. Kind of Shaq poetic, wasn't doing that. Kind of in a poetic justice. The last time they won a final was nineteen seventy one, and they won the twenty twenty one championship fifty years, and Giannis was able to score fifty points exactly. You know to kind of win in game six, but um. Giannis put the team on his back. You know, congratulations to Chris Middleton. I had a big game in game four, I believe. Drew Holiday had sparse games, but when he played really well. He was either really good or terrible. Yeah, but besides that, looking back, the trade was worth it. You know, because that sequence at the end of game five where he played defense and then he was able to get it to Hey, you got a ring. Yeah, he's got a ring now. Trade's worth it if you get a ring. Doesn't matter what you trade, you get a ring. But, um, you know, now that, you know, 2021's behind us, let's look forward to 2022. You know, the Lakers should be back after some offseason retooling. Do I have a healthy Nets team up in Brooklyn? Um, is there any surprises, teams you're looking forward to? You think team's going to regress, team's going to, you know, move forward? How, how, how do you look off into the 2022 season? I hate to break it to you, but I'm I'm just a realist. I, I re- The NBA, I don't care much about it. I, the Hawks are my favorite team, but I, if they lost every game next year, I would just be like, okay, when's baseball season? <laughs> I wouldn't care that much. If they won the championship, I'd be happy for five minutes and that'd be it. So I'm just really oh. – I think the Hawks are going to regress a little. Now, you say, why? Trey Young's really young. Yes, I think they just got really hot at the right time this year and everything just fell into place for them. Well, see, I don't, I don't like that word, regress, there. I think they'll be better. I think just they won't have everything that happened to get back to the ECM. We should yeah. never have been in the conference final. We probably should have never been in the second round. But, you know, we were able to, you know, beat the Knicks pretty handily. We able to, you know, upset Philadelphia in seven. You know, even push Milwaukee to six, you know, with a Trey injury. But, like, we, the Hawks can be better and finish worse. So, I don't, I don't like that word. I don't like that choice there. Um, I, if I had to pick a team to regress, I think it's going to be the Utah Jazz. I think there's a lot of questions surrounding that franchise. I think there's a discrepancy and uncertainty with Donovan Mitchell as he goes forth into his, you know, rookie max extension, you know, negotiations. I think that could be a possible trade. I just think the team is not set up to perform as well as it did this year. So I think that'll be the team to look out for. There's two teams that I'm thinking of just off the top of my head, though, that could become contenders next year. The first one, now they're going to have to get another player, but there is a lot of talks. Well, both teams I'm about to talk about are going to have to get another player, but both of them are in talks for another player. The New York Knicks, first of all, if they were to get Damian Lillard's been in trade talks there. Somebody yeah, but, that's, like, but you have to understand the New York Knicks put everybody in a Photoshop ad and then try to get them there. Oh, I agree, but I don't people see... actually want to go play for the Knicks now. Three, four years ago, nobody wanted to play with them. Yeah, but what trade package can New York offer that Milwaukee would – I mean, excuse me, not Milwaukee, that Portland would take? I mean, I'm sure they have plenty of draft picks. They uh, got a lot R.J. Young, Barrett. They got a young, a lot, Kevin Knox. A lot of young talent. I mean – I mean, unless you're throwing R.J. Knox, Obi Toppin, maybe Mitchell Robinson quickly. No, you're not throwing that much. You're not getting rid of Mitchell Robinson. You're not getting rid of Randall. You're trying to hold Barrett, but – 
He's he could possibly go. Might throw quickly at him. Yeah, quick quickly thrown shown signs of being really good. I still think the best package for Damian Lillard comes from Philadelphia. I think if you can get Simmons, Maxi, Thibault, and two first. Hey, but we're hearing about these Lakers rumors. About uh, Chris Paul and uh, oh, if they get either of them, give them the ring already. <laughs> Wrap it up. We'll just cancel the season. Give them the ring. Well, CP3 I, had his chance. Get was, let Russell uh, Westbrook get a chance. I, 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 and it's funny that you mentioned that because I was listening to the jump yesterday, and both both major point guards to be sent to the Lakers: Westbrook, CP3, even Damian Lillard. The most they could pay them is ten million dollars. All three hey, of those CP3 guys, wants that ring. All three of those guys are getting paid over $42 million right now. That would be over a $30, $30 million decrease. <laughs> but going back to another team that I could see making another move and trying to make a run for it would be the Mavericks. You have Luka. Kristaps really underperformed at times this year. Could you see the old Kristaps back or maybe trade him to get something else and bring in another starter package with Luka? Because Luka is going to be another bad man in the league. So I think that's another team that's going to be dangerous if they yeah, get somebody I just, I else. Just, I don't know what Dallas needs. You know, like I don't see a piece that you add to Dallas without like acquiring a bona fide positionless superstar. But I don't know if they have enough assets to do that either. You know, I mean... Dallas definitely, like, when they won the championship in 2011 with Dirk, they had Dirk, but they were able to match and pick and, like, form a starting five of really good people because they worked well together, you know? And that's kind of how this offseason's going to go for Dallas. Yes, you can trade Porzingis, but what's what's the most you're pulling back for Porzingis? I don't know. Somebody that jumps right off the top of my head is maybe, like, a Andrew Wiggins from Golden State. You know, maybe you can get wide. Get more than that. Speaking of Golden State, I seen they were trying to package their oh fourteenth pick and seventh pick. I think with Wiseman to acquire Golden State will definitely be a lot better, no matter what they do. Yeah, yeah, there's your team. I got an update. Update like yesterday, the day before, they were looking for uh, another superstar to package those. Yeah, I Pick think Siakam with. would pale very well in Golden State. Oh, they get oh, Siakam? They you would give be them the ring. <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, you said the Nets were winning the ring this year and injuries happened. So let's no, see. I didn't because I have money against them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Nets, they should be set up really well. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of fill out their bench because a lot of those bench guys were on, you know, vet minimum deals. Kind of be interesting to see if they reload or if they try to retool the bench, you know, moving into next year. All right, well, let's move on to the best sport of all, or best to watch, college football. Right now, at least. You want to talk about the Oklahoma and Texas stuff? Yeah, I can go ahead and start with that. Um, really weird news to start the week after years of Oklahoma and Texas bashing the SEC. Let's not, let's not forget this. Let's not forget that Oklahoma and Texas were notorious for talking about how the SEC was no better than the Big 12. Well, now look who's come crawling to the SEC and help. It seems to be moving a lot quicker and a lot more behind the shadows than any of us know. I've heard reports they've been talking about this since December or January of this year. I've seen them talk about how this move could be done within a year or two. I've seen that news of next week can make this all official. And what this do is this would jumpstart one of the biggest revolutions in college football history, if not the biggest, because you would create a 16-team super conference, essentially. You would have to and then all the other conferences would either have to jump ship 
of their respective ones and join this SEC mega conference or race or like an arms race to acquire more? Does the ACC possibly go finally convince Notre Dame to join? Does Big Ten go steal Kansas and Iowa State? Does the Pac-12 finally add Boise State? Where does UCF and Cincinnati and Houston and all these great group of five teams fit into this whole new agenda that college football will be establishing? And I really do believe if super conferences, and what I mean by a super conference is a 16-team power grab that what we could see by jump-started by this Oklahoma and Texas move, I really think that's going to be the death of the NCAA. Oh, yeah. I was listening to Mike Greenberg, and it wasn't – what well, what Mike Greenberg? It was his show. Somebody was filling in for him today, and they were talking about that. He was saying he didn't think the super conferences would happen, or he he said they may happen, but they won't last because there's not enough good. There's not enough really good teams to make up that many super conferences. You look at it, the SEC with these teams. You've got Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A and M, who are all year in, year out, ranked top 15. Yeah. And Tennessee's historic franchise, too. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, a good re- recharge there. Mississippi State Ole Miss is on the come up. Ole Miss is on the come up. Mississippi State's had a few good years, you know. You didn't even talk about LSU, did you? No, no I didn't. LSU. So, eight teams that you have right there that are year in, year out, 90% of the time, a top 15 team. Yeah. So, look at the other conferences. The Pac-12 ain't getting that many. They'll have, what, one, maybe two? I mean, in the top fifteen. If, if you look at it, you maybe get an Oregon, possibly a USC if it's a good year. Yeah, you know, exactly. And if you look at uh, Iowa, uh, excuse me, the Big Ten, maybe you know, with the suggestion I talk about, you know, of Iowa State, but you have Iowa State, Ohio State, Penn State's not. I mean, they're top twenty-five. Northwestern's a low top twenty-five team. Michigan's been a low top twenty-five team. So you have like three or four teams that. Top twenty-five. When you're looking at the SEC with eight in the top fifteen, possibly these conferences aren't going to be able to compete with the SEC. So it's going to be, if they don't change something, they on Mike Greenberg they were talking about having kind of like the conferences for the NFL, NFC, AFC, how they have that. They're saying that's probably how college football is going to turn out, like the SEC and Big Ten, and that's what it's going to be like. I guess Clemson would probably end up going to the SEC. Notre Dame to yeah, the Big Miami, Ten, and SEC, it would just... UCF, Cincinnati would probably go up. You know, there's a you know there's a lot of mega conference talk. You know that could be created here. You know, it's a very it's a very um, financially sound box, but it's a very it's Pandora's box in a sense. While it does bring money and creates an overflow of you know funds for the conference, it could definitely jumpstart a revolution that nobody wants. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into our rankings. Uh, last week, we did 25 through 21. This week, we will start with 20, and we have the Iowa Hawkeyes at 20. I don't know much about this team. I know Coach Kirk is still there, a long-term coach of the Hawkeyes. One of the best traditions in college football with the wave to the Children's Hospital. Always a competitive team, you know, usually 8-4, and 9-3, and three, year in and year out. Talk a little bit about them as their outlook as we go into the 2021 season. Well, they have Spencer Petras, a redshirt junior returning at quarterback. Don't really know much about him. They've got Tyler Goodson at running back, a junior, and they have the best center probably in the nation in Tyler Linderbaum, who will be a first-rounder in next year's draft. So, you know I was always physical up front. Yes, A.J. Epinestra, even the defense line with Epinestra a couple years ago being drafted, they've always got 
defensive offensive linemen. They are going to beat you in the trenches. They remind me of SEC teams, just not with the high-power offense that are coming right now. They're going to run the ball down your throat. And usually they're pretty good teams. All right, let's move on to number 19. We have USC. Yeah, this is going to be a make-or-break year for Clay Hilton out there. I think this is the hot seat year. You know, he was on the hot seat a couple of years ago, and everybody kind of, like, pushed it under the rug during the pandemic. But now as we're getting back to some normalcy in college football, I think I think you're going to have to see a really good year out of the Trojans, or there might be a coaching change. You know, and, you know there's a lot of people who's like, oh, college football is better when so-and-so is good. USC is one of those teams. College football is better when USC is good. You know, so it's going to be an interesting play. You know, Keaton Slovis is returning at quarterback. You know, he's going to be phenomenal. There's no question there. The Pac-12 should be down outside of Oregon. So, an Oregon, you know, USC Pac-12 championship could be really important, you know, come December. Well, let me just talk about this offense real quick. This offense is going to be very high power and very high scoring. If this defense can play half good, they're going to be a really good team. I did not realize how dangerous this offense could be. Keaton Slovis returns at quarterback, junior. He's probably a top five, at worst, top ten quarterback in the nation. Mm -hmm. You've got one of the best receiving cores in the nation with Drake London and Brew McCoy heading it. Both are going to be studs. So I think this offense is going to be really good. Can they put up enough points, though, for the defense? I'm not sure. Yeah, USC is always poised to make a good run looking, you know, into the season. But somehow, yeah. somewhere along the way, something gets messed up. All right, number 18 is our future SEC team, Texas. Yeah, um, horns down to begin with. Uh, sorry, sorry, Big 12, you can find me about that later. Um, two, I'm very confused by the move by Texas because they're probably the third or fourth best team in the Big 12. Why come to the SEC to get your butt kicked more? That's beside the point. Um Texas will be Texas. Steve Sarkeesian will do a good job. Kind of a rough year. Probably a 9-3, 8-4 as well type of program out there. I don't think they've got anything for Iowa State or Oklahoma, but they're probably the next best. Once again, this is another team that could have a really good offense and not, just not sure about the defense. B. John Robinson is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the nation. He's That's going to. <laughs> he, he's a top three or five easily. And then at quarterback, they are either going to have Hudson Card or Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson came in at the last end of last year against Colorado, threw for 270 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. So he showed glimpses of being really good. Uh, their wide receiver core will be headed by Jordan Whittington. He was actually, I remember in his recruiting process, he is a high four-star, maybe even a low five-star and he was between Texas and Florida. I remember a lot of talk about him. He ended up going to Florida, uh, Texas. Big body guy, really athletic, so going to be in good hands there. So we'll see how Texas fares this year. Um, here's a team that – oh, no, my bad. That's a 16, a team that really disappointed me last year. We'll get to that in a minute. But a team that really surprised people last year at number 17, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana was about one injury away from playing in the playoffs, dude. I mean, the injury of Michael Penix, you know, really damaged their chances. And um, they got they got screwed out of a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't know if people remember that. They were 
you know, in line and some lower ranked teams jump them to play in the New Year's Six over Indiana. Um, I remember two years ago, me and you saw Indiana play Tennessee mm-hmm. in a really great. Um, <laughs> Too bad we role. left early. <laughs> Too bad we left early. But uh, ever since then, they've been playing amazing. Michael Penix, you know, he should be back from his ACL injury. I don't know, if, but maybe not the beginning of the season, but near this, you know, near the top. Um, top Rafa. Ty Freifogel yeah. returns at wide receiver. He's one of the he's a top ten wide receiver in the nation. He's really good. Yeah, Indiana will be poised, you know, to have a sneaky good season just like they did last year. Yep, I agree. All right, now to the team that disappointed me last year, number sixteen, Penn State. Now I understand Penn State had you know their share of injuries, their share of COVID cases last year, but they still should have been a lot better than they were. Michael Parsons leaves, so they'll have to replace him. So, what's your thoughts on that? Not an easy task. Yeah, I totally agree. They um, they do have a really good running back. Another guy I just remember from the recruiting process, Noah Kane at running back. He was between Florida and Penn State, and I actually got his autograph at one of the blue and orange games for Florida. And they also returned Sean Clifford at quarterback. And they have Jahan Dotson at wide receiver, so they'll be in good hands there too. Another should be a really good offense. And once again, you just have questions about the defense. Can they replace Michael Parsons and all those other? They had two or three guys on the in the front seven go in the top two rounds last year. So can they replace those guys? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how stuff happens in College Station. You know, James Franklin, kind of a down year, kind of uh, uncharacteristic of him as a coach. Um, I think he'll have his guys ready. Him, them in Indiana will be battling out, see kind of who feels like the second or third best team in the Big Ten. All right, and that will wrap up ours for this week for college football, but I'm looking to next week. Next week's going to be fun. Some of the teams we get to start covering next week. Yeah, top 15 is always a blast when we get to the college football world. All right, Jackson, do you have another trivia question for us yet? I'm locked and loaded. All right, give it to us. All right, the 2013 NCAA Men's Final Four occurred in what city? Why do I feel like I know this? Well, I have the 14 shirt because Florida went to that. I think it's 14, so it wasn't that. It would have been the year before. What was 14 then, big boy? 14 was Wisconsin somewhere. Milwaukee? Maybe. Either Milwaukee or Madison. I don't think they played in Madison. I don't remember. I, I'll, I'll send you a picture of the shirt. <laughs> I don't know an, another city other well, than Milwaukee. Buzzer. Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, and... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he nailed it. <laughs> I, it had to have been something yeah. close. I knew it was either Atlanta or <laughs> New Orleans. I didn't even look at the answer until you actually answered. <laughs> he just said something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it looked like a... Yeah, I knew, I knew Atlanta was early in the 2010s. I knew also New Orleans, so I could have remembered. It just sounded good to me. Really good. Two and two now. Yep. You're welcome. It's all tied up two and two. You're welcome. All right. So um, we're about to get into our hot takes. And all fair before this, me and Jackson, we're on the Kyle Pitts hop train. Just, just know that, people. And we were looking up jerseys to buy of his. Evan, on the other hand, I don't. I don't know if he thinks Kyle Pitts is terrible. I don't know if he just it hates the, the draft Georgia, pick. It might be the Georgia fan in him. Exactly, but I don't get that because there's some Florida, I mean, Georgia players that I'm really high in your in your. Zizo Jalari was my uh, still of the draft last yeah, year. Yeah, he's definitely winning defensive rookie of the year. By the way, nope, that is Jamin Davis out of uh, for the. You mean Luda Wissy? 
Yeah, if that's where he's from. He's from Luda Wiz. He's from Oh, well, there's your defensive rookie of the year. Anyway, but, no, Kyle Pitts is going to be good. I'm not an idiot. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd like to begin. Debatable. I'd like <laughs> Debatable. to begin with the statement that I understand that Kyle Pitts is a good athlete and a good football player. However, he's ranked, he's rated really high. He's raved about, he was drafted fourth overall, which is the highest tight end picked by so much. Well, good for thing a good he's reason. the best tight end prospect of all time. And that worries me. People talking about the best tight end prospect, the best this or best that. He is. Name Whether any, he's terrible, he's going to be the best prospect of all time. Name any athlete who's ranked as the best prospect and turned out to be the best. LeBron. He didn't come out the Trevor best. Lawrence. <laughs> oh, yeah. When T-Law <laughs> leads us to a Super Bowl in two years. That's just not going to happen. Oh, no. But so, we waited four games. While the Kyle Pitts <laughs> stuff came up, my hot take is going to – now, a couple weeks ago when we did our picks, I picked Trevor Lawrence to be the offensive rookie of the year. And I do – I agree. I think it's going to be something like this past year with Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson kind of just up. You could go with either pick. I think that's what we're going to see out of T-Law and Kyle Pitts this year. And I just for a hot take, Kyle Pitts, Offensive Rookie of the Year, market right now. The, we looked at the lines before this. What was his over-under yards? 916? 918. If you're a better, hammer the over. And what was his touchdowns? Eight? Eight. Hammer that over, too. He'll get that in eight games. He'll probably put up 1,200 yards and 11 or 12 touchdowns easily. So That would break both rookie tight end records. So. And I think he will. You said it, not me. <laughs> All right. You got a hot take for us? Yes. Um, I think the biggest hot take I can think of right now, especially like, especially with the Texas and Oklahoma thing, I think a lot of people – are going to, you know, assume that, you know, Texas Oklahoma's gonna leave, it's gonna be the end of the Big Twelve. And a lot of people are like, well no, I think the Big Twelve will raid the group of five conferences. I disagree. I think my hot take is this. I believe the American Athletic is going to raid the Big Twelve and they will become the fifth biggest conference. Because the American Athletic already has a great T V deal. Because the Big Twelve's whole T V deal is banking off the Longhorn Network. And with Texas leaving, the Longhorn Network's money is going to cease to come to them. I think the American Conference is going to hold fast, keep its members, and is going to move into that upper echelon. You know, not power five, but maybe four, four and a half. You know, that's kind of how we'll see, you know, as we move forward. And that'll be huge because teams like Cincinnati, teams like UCF, teams like Memphis, who have been top 15 teams, you know, the last five or so years, they're finally going to get a legitimate chance in the playoffs. And while they may get, you know, absolutely ran through, it'll be really fulfilling to see these kids who have done everything they can at their level to finally get a chance to win a national championship. I think that is my hot take. The Big 12 ceased to exist, and the American Athletic swoops in and becomes the next Power Five. All right. Jackson, do you have a hot take? I mean, yeah. I was uh, put on the spot about 35 seconds ago, but I think we were talking about this a few weeks ago. We were talking about the MVP, the MVP race for the NFL, and I seen Derrick Henry at like plus what, twenty two hundred something it's like. Probably that. more than that. I mean, like Bryson said, if you're a better, I'm hammering that because so you have Derrick Henry as the MVP. He was my dark horse, so might as well. He's not give the most him. valuable player on his team. I was oh, like, oh my god! And end the podcast. We'll save this for a later <laughs> podcast. Um. Also, I, this is a little off 
sports related. But um, I want to give a shout out to my cousin. She's actually my second cousin, Calista Clark. Uh, if you've heard of her on the country radio, just know that that's my cousin, and she is the number twenty-seven song on the country charts right now. So really? Yes. I mean, I mean this <laughs> in the, the nicest song? way, but like, she's definitely gonna be heard by a lot more people than the people that listen to this podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> but all right, any last words? Yeah, if she's 27 in country, make us 27 in podcast, people. Come on, pick it up. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Figure <laughs> it out. All right, we'll go Braves. Go Braves.